0: Hello and welcome to "Let the Bird Fly," a podcast about living freely in a world given back to us. It's Wade and Mike here, continuing our series on the life and thought of Martin Luther, and we have gotten to the end of his life. We will have more episodes. We have uh, maybe four or five more episodes that we would like to do before we close out um, this winging it series. We'd like to talk about his family. And what happens to Katie, I think, will be an interesting one. We still have to do um, some stuff on Luther, on Islam, and uh, Judaism. Probably do some post-Luther characters, post-Luther theological controversies, post-Luther yeah, I'm a little torn on that because that could kind of be
1: its own series down the road, too. We like could. Um, so
0: maybe maybe we'll combine those. We'll see. We'll see yeah. how we go. We, we promise nothing. We promise nothing. Um, in fact, today I was
1: uh, in— I believe it's uh, the— uh, the great philosophers, the gin blossoms, who said that it, if you don't expect too much from me, you might not be let down.
0: Yeah, I was thinking, uh, we we're intro to theology today. We we're doing the second and third commandment and uh, talking about what is swearing, cursing, and and that stuff. And, and you got to get off the four-letter words. This is something different that... the
1: uh, um, We just had that in 110, too. Yeah, they the always get excited about
0: that. Yeah, And we had a really good discussion, and uh, I just said you know, an oath is, is making a promise. I'm like, don't make promises to God. Mm-hmm. Like on very rare occasions will you take an oath. Why are you making promises to God? This makes no sense. So we make no promises. But today we will get...
1: Uh, Not to, only to God, but to our Let the Bird Fly listeners.
0: That's right. Um, it just seems like a, uh, something
1: that's going to backfire for us. So... But um, I would say we at least have two, three up. <clears throat> we have to do the Jews and Turks... I think we have to do the end-of-life Katie and family. Mm-hmm. Did we ever do a Katie episode? Yeah, we did a Katie okay, episode. Okay, so <clears throat> So we got at least two. Yeah,
0: and I I think it would be nice to have a good wrap-up of, mm-hmm. you know. So definitely we'll have a few more, but today what we're going to do is talk about uh, Luther's, the actual death, but also probably talk about his health a little bit and some interesting kind of things there. There's whole, there's kind of like even a whole like cut subset of Lutheran. I wouldn't say a subset of Lutheran. Um, um, studies, but there's a lot of information about there, speculation about uh, what he suffered, right? What, what is the modern, what would be the modern medical terms um, for what he, he went through? So that's what have we're going to go Have you, out today. of
1: curiosity, Michael, and when you've taught the Luther class, I've had a couple of nursing students who did pretty good papers on that. Have you had any? Uh,
0: I have not, but I always suggested. I say, you know, well, I've, I've moved now to the paper is doing a biography on somebody else. They have to read another biography. Um, but in the past, I suggested like this would be a good this would be a good thing. Um, most of them just go for Melanchthon or Katie. Oh really? Yeah So anyway, so we're going to talk about his health and then uh, the circumstances of his death. It's actually a pretty interesting story. So uh, let's start with his health. Um, there is speculation, of course, on all things Luther, right? So we we have we have made sure to point out that, many times historians um, when they're talking about a historical figure end up talking about themselves, right? So uh, Luther had a bad relationship with his father. Therefore um, he hated the Pope, the Papa, the, the father, and, and that kind of stuff. And we, while we don't ignore that, we, we, we tamper that down a little bit. Um, but it's a little bit different when it comes to his medical stuff, because a, we have a lot of information about it because he's not, he is scatological in nature, in his writing. Um, he has a lot of writings, and he a lot of personal writings. He's, he's an open book. He right?
1: writes to, to Katie and the friends often, and, and be, understandably, I mean, I, if Mike or I are ill, we ask each other how we're mm-hmm. doing. We don't put it all on paper, but right. uh, so it comes up.
0: So we have a lot of information. He's not shy about that information, mm-hmm. and he's scatological. What we mean by that is uh, poop talk. Yep. And so he's not afraid to say It's kind of like when you go visit somebody As a pastor, somebody that's like You know, uh, a shut-in They're like 80 years old, they got all sorts of ailments And they're not getting out, that's the only thing on their mind And so when you come, you're like, they're like, hey, take a look At my toe, and you're like, oh, that's gross mm-hmm. Right? Not um, afraid to do that I as haven't you had a older. bowel movement in four days Right, was, I'm like, thank you, Gertrude That was nice to know um, There's plenty of things where I have uh, People have taken off their, their feet Or their not their whole pants, but rolled up their pants and be like, hey, take a look at this hole in my leg. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. you should get
1: that looked at. That's one of uh, the things yeah. um, Luther had, by the way, was a, a wound on his leg. Yeah. One, of, one, of, one of his doctors thought maybe he had forgot to, to tend to it on the trip. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, if you, and if you're old enough, you know what we're talking about here, that wound care is a very... Uh, important thing when you get old and you're not moving around, you don't have the same circulation as you do when you're younger. Uh, That's a big deal. So some of the things that he dealt with, um, and and we can speculate, back to my original point, uh, we can tend to speculate about, oh, his time in the monastery did damage to his body. And I think there's some truth to that. We don't want to overplay it as well either. So uh, Meniere's disease, it seems like, the the ringing in the ear, I believe that is there. Maybe. Uh, tinnitus or vertigo. Certainly he had hemorrhoids. He makes that very clear. He kidney certainly, stones. kidney stones for sure. I think there was an ulcer in there as well. Um, if you, if you just Google Martin Luther's health, you can get all sorts of articles. And I, I heart was, issues, heart issues, probably something that he did have a heart attack early on. I can't remember what year mm-hmm. and that his heart exploded. That was the cause of death, or at least that's what uh, some people say. Um, although take everything with a grain of salt, of course. I, I for fun I Googled that Martin Luther's health, and I, I read one article that I don't I don't uh, doubt the the medical part of that, but this two page article had about oh let's say about ten factual errors in the life of Luther. So um, there, there's a lot of misinformation out there as well. So well, what do you think? Let me ask this question: What do you think about? Uh, starving himself sometimes, um, doing damage to himself, his sleep habits, his his eating habits, especially as a Augustinian friar, uh, does that affect his health later on. What do you
1: think? Yeah, here, I mean, no, I think here. there's, I think there's something too that he uh, he's gonna have, I mean, a drastic drastically different lifestyle and diet post marriage um than after uh,
0: extremes right I right mean, he's I mean to eat very well afterwards yes. and I think
1: that's so probably some gout or something like that that would play in as well
0: uh you know there's going to be certain kidney stones that are going to come from a very rich diet yeah um and 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 that has theological uh causes right uh going from um, the monastery and thinking I have to uh, do something for God by by not enjoying the physical things. And then when he has his theology of the body, the theology of the physical, um, he says, this is good stuff. Let's enjoy it. And maybe, maybe probably overeat and overdrink on a occasion. And I hear that's bad for your health as well.
1: Well, and um, Calvin similarly has bad health. And a lot of people have also, you know, we, we think of, we read, you can read at night or all day or early morning and you turn on lights. We have electricity. Um, but often reading by candlelight, um, and uh, like you said, with the sleep patterns, kind sedentary, of the rigors of life. In
0: sedentary the, lifestyle.
1: Right. Um, these are all things that probably didn't help. Uh, he did. We, have, I mean, we've learned from that. Mike and I are both very, tip. yeah, as as pastors and as theologians, as academics. Um, we recognize the need to take our health very seriously. And so I think we try to supplement um. Uh, some of our sedentary, uh, you know, the nature of our work, um, with vigorous cardio. Yeah, I'm tra- very careful diet. Right
0: now, I'm training for a marathon, and you're training for a decathlon. If I remember correctly, right?
1: Yeah, I, I'm thinking um, maybe even doing a century on the bike. Yeah, yeah. The, the electrical bike. Yeah, very good.
0: <laughs> um, no, and we've talked about this off air quite a bit about uh, you know self care and stuff like that, and there's a, there's a balance there where that doesn't become your god, right? And there, as you look at the great people in history, they ran hot, and um, they worked hard. They often played hard. They enjoyed life, and um, he just
1: says they had tropical personalities.
0: And um, there's something about that life needs to be lived to the fullest. There's no other way, and so there is that balance between. I uh, maybe. If I get a text that uh, fits that, this is a bad way to do textual study, but if I get text in chapel one day about that. During chapel? Uh, yeah. Like if I get a text signed to me for a chapel sir Oh, oh, I see. Um, I don't know. That's a bad way to do it. I thought you I, meant text message. Yeah, No, like if I get, I should let the text tell me what to do instead of the other way around, but I'm itching to something say say something like that. Like, you know, life life is supposed to be lived 100 miles per hour in some cases, and it's okay if... Maybe you die a little bit early
1: after living hard. That's all right. Well, it's kind of like the, I mean, the psalm often comes to mind uh, where David says, uh, it's my life. It's now or never. And I'm not going to live forever. <laughs> David. David, I just want to live while I'm alive. Yeah. Or is it before I die?
0: Yeah. David Bon Jovi. Yeah, there are some uh, classic rock songs that I go. I think they were. I think they were. They had a text of the Bible in mind. It could be. Yeah. Like uh, there's a Peter Gabriel song that I'm like. There's a lot of allusions, whether he meant it or not, to John's Gospel. Anyway. That could be an episode. A f- far field we have gone. So um, one thing that uh, I think Cataract, like he, he lost sight in one eye, and Hendrick makes makes a big deal about. You brought it up because of just, you know, straining the eyes, Um, um, although that may probably is not related. But um, Hendrix makes a big deal about how his eyes were always considered striking by not only... um, Like a falcon's eyes. Not only his um, uh, people on his side, but his adversaries, right? And they would conclude that this was, you know, had fantastic ideas in his head that were, were, were bad. Eyes really matter, right? In the ancient world, eyes was a window into the soul. And, um, I can't think, uh, can't help but think of uh, Rasputin. You ever seen a picture of Rasputin? Creepy. Yeah. His eyes. Ooh, creepy. Right. So it's funny
1: in history. Like sometimes you'll hear about people who are apparently like, we're very good looking and charismatic. And then I don't know if it's just standards change, but, uh, like, I don't see a Rasputin and go, that, that dude was a player. That's that's a good-looking guy, but he was. It's even like you hear accounts of like, contemporaries with Hitler like that the women really dug him. <laughs> and to me, he's one of the goofier-looking guys. Yeah. So the eyes matter. Do you think my looks will hold up over time? <laughs> Absolutely. Um,
0: the The eyes matter, and Luther having these eyes, part of the personality, and then... Then, when he loses that, that's just one more thing of him becoming old and fading away a little bit. Although he certainly didn't fade away when it came to his writing and his uh, his passion. Although we discussed later, he's getting a little cranky. And Hendricks and others, I don't think they. I think they go a little bit too far, almost trying to make an excuse for him, like, well, he didn't really mean those things he said about the Pope and the Turk at the end. Well, I think he kind of did. I think he was just old enough that he, mm-hmm. if you can believe this or not. Um, had a looser tongue that he did when he was younger I had a
1: professor in grad school who sometimes when he was recommending a book or introducing a book he'd say this is the the kind of book you you get to write in retirement Mm -hmm. and by that he meant like someone just they were safe now and they could say what they wanted to say and that was for history books Um, outside of academia just like this is also part of the thing we have so many records of Luther's conversations or he's Mm -hmm. right it's it's not like he's, you know, uh, he just said a lot and wrote a lot. So there's going to be things that pop up. But, like, there is something, too. We get to the end of life, and we just we feel more not free. A, cupboard, yeah.
0: a, a post-tenured book and a post-retirement book are uh, different than the pre-tenured book right. of a professor, for sure. Um, not, not just necessarily a bad way, but you are approving your chops kind of thing or whatever. And, and you have some freedom then to say maybe what you want. And sometimes that's good. And sometimes it's bad. There are some authors where at the end of your life, you're like, I don't think you put as much thought into this as you did previously. And then sometimes it can be unencumbered and you're like, that's genius. I wish you would have said it 30 years earlier, but they probably couldn't or they weren't weren't as confident, for sure. Um, So let's talk about death for a second. Second. um, I don't like it. um, I'm anti-death. Um, but the way Luther thought about death and the ancients thought about death, I think is necessary before we tell the story of Luther's death. For one, um, for, for Luther, the, the I just came across a quote in a different book about Luther saying that the, the physical death is a childish death. It's, it's not the real main death. The main death would be of the of the sinful nature, right? And so we can rightfully say to those who are, um uh need comfort in the face of uh, somebody's death as close to them to say that this baptized believer already died once this 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 second death um or or this physical death is is old hat
1: you know i person. used to tell my members that they they could say to death you can't kill me. That's right. I'm already dead. I'm already I think that'd dead. be a great Arnold Schwarzenegger line if yeah. it isn't already. Yeah.
0: Like if if Arnold would, would preach a funeral sermon. Yeah. That's what he, his opening line. Um, we've talked about funerals, right? That that preaching there should have the confidence of 1 Corinthians that you can't have me death. Uh, for Luther, he was talking, that, that last quote I was was speaking about uh, in, in the sense of suffering, right? That That's the real death you should be. Concentrated on not the physical death, and I think maybe there are times in our modern period that we are so wrapped up in keeping ourselves alive, and we're so worried about the threat of that death, that physical death, that we we maybe misunderstand how God is killing us and resurrecting us right now in our baptismal life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would be Luther's point, and I think it's extremely helpful. The other thing about the the uh, ain't. Ancient concept of death is: Do you have a good death or a bad death? And I think there's two ways to think about that. One is, um, first of all, just the the physical pain, right? You're, you're this is a pre morphine world, and so just imagine uh, grandma who's not in hospice care because there isn't hospice care, and you're in maybe. But you
1: imagine your grandma. Imagine someone else's. That's somebody that else. Too depressing. No, someone else. Somebody grandma.
0: else's grandmother, in perhaps the same bedroom, certainly. Uh, With a lack of privacy that we enjoy today, um, you can hear grandma moan, right, for days, weeks, months on end, uh, writhing in pain, and they cannot stop the pain, right? And so, if I pray for a good death in the ancient world, that sounds so weird to our our ears. But what they meant, first of all, was, may I go quietly. Right, instead of writhing and screaming in pain, because the tumor is pressing on whatever, and they can't even—they don't even know there's a tumor there. The second one is that a good death or a bad death. A good death was kind of a sign that you were you were okay with God, and a bad death would be uh, symbolic, maybe, of that you weren't good with God. Right. So the death of Luther actually takes on some importance for post-Luther commentary on his life, and I mean immediately commentary after that. Um, There was nothing more that uh, his opponents would like to hear than he, you know, had a bad death. and They could say, see, right? right? So the fact that there was many witnesses to his death was significant and something that would be odd to us, right? That that people would be there. This still happens today.
1: Not just Um, that people are there because they love you and they're at your bedside. Although the people there that sure. did love him, but they're especially there precisely to be witnesses, and even in Jonas's case, case with the expectation of writing an account.
0: Yeah. So there is there's reporters <coughs> on hand. They knew how important this death was, and there are going to be questions asked. Yeah. Right? Um, are you you know do you do you trust fully in Christ? Right? Yes. Yes. Right. Um, apparently, he had a piece of paper that said, "We are all beggars." Right, that's kind of part of the story at the end there. This is true. So, um, what do you got about his? Maybe we sh- can we set the historical scene for his death.
1: Why is he? By the way, where does he die? Um, not in Wittenberg. He dies where he was, where he was baptized, yeah. um, <coughs> which he uh, he says. Um, and that's one of his last la- words. Is I, I think I will stay here at Isleben, where I was born and baptized. And he said it humorously, right? Joking mm-hmm. with Jonas.
0: Yeah. It's not lost on him that he's, he's about to die. Uh, uh, why, why, is he, why is he there?
1: Yeah, it, uh, his, his life kind of circles around. Luther comes from this uh, family background where his <clears throat> peasant father is making a move into the middle class. And he did so through mining. He had been a miner. He was able to buy some mines. They're doing smelting. And this is in Mansfeld. Um, and Monsfeld uh, Mansfeld became a boom town, right? There was money to be made, but as happens, with the boom town, sometimes it goes bust. Sometimes the economy changes. And the um the dukes of that era or the counts, excuse me, want to change how the mines are run. And in essence they want to take them over, which um, Luther sees as just a, a, a terrible um a terrible thing to do. Um, obviously, this would have been uh, completely ignoring the rights of the smelters and the miners. And people, now his father's dead, but people like his father who had invested so much into this, <clears throat> the counts actually in the end do take it over. And then they're all closed down and bankrupt by the 1560s. So Luther was right. Um, Roper notes Luther says the devil was behind this plan because he wanted to see the whole country reduced to poverty. Um, And so he's going to make his trip back to meet with these counts to talk about, uh, among other things, this issue with the mines. And uh, uh, Roper notes, um, so we've mentioned Roper before, Lindell Roper's Martin Luther, Renegade, and Prophet. We split up biographies when we do these, and this was one I looked at for this one. She notes, uh, Luther took all three of his sons with him. So he took Hans, he took Martin, and he took... uh, Paul, and that's in the order of their age. So maybe Luther kind of knew he's at the end of life. And uh, Luther was not feeling well when he left, when he went there. And so he was going to be going, and he wouldn't have his normal doctors um, that were provided for him in Wittenberg. Or his wife. Yeah, his wife would be who would be tending to him. And he will have doctors there. Um, but it's hard when you've had someone who's been treating you and then someone else who uh, doesn't have your medical history trying to treat you as well so that's why he's going to be making his way to monsfeld and he's going to end up uh back in Eisleben because of capitalism michael well i was gonna say and well actually because they're trying to like nationalize and take over. yeah so uh
0: we could we can speculate on if luther was a marxist or a capitalist on this account but he's trying to uh negotiate Right. With these two groups, right? And Luther's the most famous, you know, son of that, of that, whatever. And so, again, we've talked about this before, that Luther is he constantly... He might be the most famous
1: son of a minor. Who else is a son of... I'm trying to think in history. I don't know. I think maybe Jerry West. He's from West Virginia.
0: Virginia. I don't know if he's a son of he's a minor. He's not more famous than Martin Luther. No, but I'm just thinking about famous people. Um, so, he he would be dragged into these things, Um uh, as a judge to, to often disputes, that the line between um, theological disputes and um, you know economic disputes probably wasn't as clear cut as they would be today. Although you could certainly see powerful clergymen, uh, even today uh, being a part of maybe uh, some sort of uh, negotiation, some sort of arbitration between two groups, right? To keep the peace. And I get the sense that Luther is annoyed by this, and part of the reason why he goes to this one is this because it's homeland. He's not traveling to Raiga to do this, right? This is this is his 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 ancestral home, and so he feels I think a little bit obligated to that, and he gets really annoyed with them, right? He gets very frustrated with both sides, it seems, um, and so an added stress there at the end of his at the end of his life. So he finally does pass. Uh, there are going to be witnesses there. He, they may or may not. Sounds like maybe may not have made a, a, a funeral mask of his face that may have done, been done later. I don't know where you are. One ends up in hollow, yeah. yeah. So i I've, I've. Some people just assume that it was, um, uh, you know, plaster right on his face and his hands.
1: On a side note, I, I mentioned I think in a previous episode or winging it that I, you or who I have in my yeah. funeral plans to preach my funeral, and I would like to. Um, amend them i'm not only like you to preach i would like you to make my funeral mask
0: okay if we're gonna i was thinking about that as i look at your face i'm like that may be difficult with the beard
1: yeah but he had hair i mean right
0: i don't know how that works i'll, I'll have to look into it how to how to you can have trisha
1: shave me down after yeah. i'm dead if you
0: need um I'll have to think about.
1: I mean, there how has to, to be do. people over in the art building who know how to do this. Yes,
0: I just don't know how you can do plaster on a beard. Yeah. Well, I will. But you are
1: promising me.
0: I will not do God, the be- but me. I will. I will do the best I can to carry out your
1: wish. Thank you. Yeah. Now, um, whether I would w- then also. Like you to sometimes put on my funeral mask and pretend you're me. You know how sometimes you'll tease me. You'll be like, "Oh, I'm, I would like you like to maybe do that once in a while, just to remember me."
0: Okay, I will. Uh, if I'm still teaching, I'll do that. Okay, uh, which I assume I I, I will because I'm going to retire at probably 70. And I probably won't. Live you're forever. probably going to die what? Yeah, late 50s. Sure, so maybe maybe early 60s
1: maybe
0: maybe 40s you never know <laughs> so um anyway uh this funeral mask a plaster mask uh which uh is fairly f- famous in the sense like people who are lutheran and and study this kind of stuff have seen seen this um you know doesn't really matter if it was made that day or if it was after a picture or whatever but that's 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 part of the process that uh this this idea of luther's death and and um, there are rumors there, right, that the you know the devil was there from the Catholic side. Um, but there are eyewitnesses to this death that he made a confession um, and that he had a bit of a peaceful death as much as you can have a peaceful death. Now, there's a big funeral in Wittenberg. And it was said that the people did not expect him to stay in the grave. Why not? Not just because of the resurrection, but they were worried about him being exhumed by his enemies. and I mean,
1: it wouldn't be unheard of to no, burn a heretic. Not at all. It death.
0: happens very often, right? That you maybe, you would mutilate the body, chop it up, whatever. Uh, the story of St. Joseph had, who has a, uh, a basilica in Milwaukee named after him, that they did that to his body. Um, so, um, and it almost comes true, doesn't it? So we have, uh, fast forward a little bit, Charles V starts to, Say enough, enough, and he brings his armies into Germany and even to Wittenberg. We'll get to that when we talk about post Luther. And uh, Katie, Katie ends up being basically a refugee.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, And they're ready to dig up uh, his grave, which is in uh, the uh, St. Mary's Church or the Castle Church. Castle Church. Church. Um, He's and,
1: under, I believe, the pulpit, and Lincoln's under the lectern.
0: And they're going to dig him up and do something with the body, and Charles V uh, stops his soldiers from doing it. Yeah, he and, says something like, uh, I
1: wage war on the living now yeah.
0: And when we did our episode on Charles V, we talked about that. And uh,
1: Both of us, I think, uh, we're kinda, not entirely negative on Trump. No,
0: we we think that he gets a little bit of a bad rap sometimes. It's He's the enemy, that's it. Now, we're not certainly not going to agree with this theology or some of the things that he did politically. Um, certainly. Um, but at the same time, I think he, the more, you know, about it, the more he, you realize that he's actually a pretty thoughtful guy for his
1: his job for his
0: young of an age too. Right. Um, so, uh, he, he does the honorable thing, whether his motives were pure or not. Um, he, he leaves the body in the, in the ground, um, and still there till today until the resurrection of the dead.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: What else he got on his death and
1: no I think um, just to stress, as you already hit on um, how people died the importance of how people died and that everyone was looking into this and so um, uh, Roper notes Luther lived or Luther died as he had lived in public right this was not um, even Luther's family would have recognized in no way could Luther's death just be a private thing mm-hmm. and that runs counter to our day where um even if someone famous dies and the press will try to get details but a lot you know the family asks you to respect you know their wishes and whatever and and the public hopefully a lot of times goes yeah you know let them mourn um and this had to be difficult for katie and the boys mm. well and the the kids in general but the three boys that were there um for the process of dying and the time right after when, when um the elector wants Luther back in Wittenberg, his body, the uh this is a very public thing. And given the assumptions of the day, rightly so, um his death was meant to either confirm or discredit his teaching. And um and and so maybe uh sometimes we look at death practices and go, that's weird. Um you know that how people viewed these things in the past, but this was this was important, and um, that it would have been a great relief that he died peacefully. It is interesting; um, they were really concerned to show that he didn't have a stroke, apparently. And I gotta look more into this. I've, I always mean to. And then, a, a stroke was a particularly bad way to die, a bad sign. Um, so, there were those amongst the Roman Catholics who. We'll say it was a stroke. The Lutherans say no. Um, the doctors there and the doctors in Wittenberg are disputing what might have caused it. Um, but also to drive home, Luther's he- Luther has a lot of health problems at the end of life. And so not to use that to excuse him being angry sometimes. Um, but his last years were not pleasant. Constant pain. Yeah. Without... With with treatment sometimes that just made things worse. Yes.
0: Um, this is a public event, right? I mean, there's going to be a, a hearse. There's going to be a parade into, into the town. There are going to be people on the side of the road. Um, there's going to be, obviously, a church service and an internment. This is a very big deal, and it's... It's a big deal for Katie, right? What is she going to do? It's a big deal for the Reformation movement. What's going to happen next? It's a big deal politically that someone has died. Will this be an occasion for uh, the enemies of the uh, Protestant states to say this is our opportunity uh, to make a movement either politically or militarily? So this is a big event. And uh, I know this is a shorter episode, but I think it was a good one to to. To hammer home some of those points, but also to say now we're going to transition into some more reflective things um, that happened after Luther, um, which is exactly what would have happened during that time. Right, yeah. reflecting upon uh, this thing called the Reformation, and uh, and then
1: questions of what's going to happen next. Can I can I just read one passage Absolutely. from Roper? Let's see if you can guess why I highlighted this one. Physicality. <laughs> so central to Luther's religiosity, was Mm -hmm. reflected in the way Lutherans mourned. And I think this is a good point. The ceremonies focused on his body. The memorial pamphlet did not shrink from giving all the details of Luther's death, even down to his visits to the privy. Um, Even in his death, um, Lutheran theology influenced the way that, that mourning went, and there was a recognition that the body is important and the body matters. Um, and I just found that to be, um, I mean, Roper is not writing from a Lutheran theological perspective, but that would stand out to her. Um, I think that ties in with our Christian funeral episode, mm-hmm. that uh, you know, it's a reminder to us that we, we need not act as if the body is just some indifferent thing when we ourselves encounter death or dying. Um, it makes sense that much was made of the body in this regard.
0: Yeah, and uh, you pick that because that's my favorite word, physicality.
1: You haven't used it in a long time. What's that? You haven't used it in a long time.
0: Well, it is kind of a word that's maybe not the, it, you know, it's, what does it actually mean? What do I mean when I say physicality? What I what but I but I, mean, I do think it's an important yeah. point. What I mean there is that there's a there's a modern split between the physical and the spiritual, and I think that affects the way we uh, look at. Uh, worship, the way we look at theology in a very profound way yeah.
1: and people wanted to look at him mm-hmm. you know, why do elites and, and the common people alike, why along this path are they pressing to see this dead mm-hmm. body, right? this um, the body meant something, and maybe, well we might go oh, worrying about what their face was like when they died, whatever maybe that's a little overboard, but um, but maybe we go a little bit too overboard the other way too. Mm-hmm. I agree
0: I agree well, it's nice talking to you.
1: I enjoy talking to you as well. Yeah, it it's all right when Jason is here, but <laughs> but sometimes it's nice to do this. Yeah? yeah, yeah. No,
0: it's good. All it's all good. So, uh, stay tuned. I think there are episodes that will will come. Will be more reflective in nature, but I think they'll be they'll be good. And we've made it a long way, my friend. We have. This has taken us like three years, two and a half years. Maybe and if someone's
1: jumping in here. Uh, We've done a few Wiggin' It series, and I think uh, when uh, we finally finish the podcast, whenever that comes and we just aren't doing it anymore, as much as the episodes are fun, I think these series will be some of the stuff that I'm most happy that we did. Absolutely. So
0: until then, let the bird fly. Down. Get my party and not begin to count. I don't care what the people are thinking. I'm not drunk, I'm just a jank. I set him up another round. I set him up another round. I set him up another round. One more round. will not get me down.
1: Okay.